Some say he's a technical whiz. Some say he was born in Cornwall. Well, some say he's on a journey. And here's your host, David Hackett. Joining me today on the journey, I've got my phone with me because I've got no script as usual, but we've got author and spiritual thinker Carl. He can explain his surname because he's from South Africa. South African surnames are not being racist in any way. I cannot pronounce. I can say couple, but not is. And he's open for others to join in on, on his mission to seek truth, enlightenment and freedom. And he's got a website, lightsurface.me. That's lightsurface.me. And I will be putting that link in the description below. Carl, welcome to the journey. Thank you, David, for having me and giving me time to uh, expand on my lightsurface.me website. Yes, and thank you. Um, so you're author and spiritual thinker, and you say, it goes on to say it fits neatly within this category, and through this, your website, you're open for others to join you on your mission to seek truth, enlightenment, and freedom. Can you... With expanding on that enlightenment, can you enlighten us what this topic means? Yeah, so I've got 12 topics as we're going to discuss today that I've picked uh, for my life journey going forwards in this current lifetime uh, to make to help via the butterfly effect to make the world a better place. And so I'm passionate about my 12 topics. Um, however, it's also uh, an invitation for other light surfers to be part of the change and don't sit and wait for other people to be the change and know that a small butterfly effect can have a huge impact mm. and be the change. So I'm just giving you a little bit of my journey and hopefully that would wake someone up or give on something to think about. And, you know, I, I'm not ashamed to say I've got podcasts on my 12 topics. Most of them, there's some still waiting for. So I am promoting that. Um, but, you know, I, I started uh, my journey. Uh, I was a quantity surveyor. And in the UK, then I went into property. And then I went to Ireland. Uh, my ex was from Dublin, so we moved back to Dublin. Three kids, and I invested heavily in the Irish in Ireland uh, in property. And one property pulled me under in the Celtic Tiger years. So in in August two thousand seven, when subprime struck, world, world subprime, um, Irish property prices in the next three years went down between fifty and eighty percent. And I was in Dorky, uh, South Dublin, very luxury area, and 80% was the luxury areas. So I, in that one property, I had, like, if I sold it before subprime, but it wasn't completed at that stage, or halfway completed. Um, but if I completed and sold it, I would have made about $2 million uh, euros. Uh, three, four years later, I was owing the banks $2 million. That's how quickly things can change. But... That um, woke me up. That one event woke me up, and it meant I've then took six months to research the dyslexia code, six months to the housepring code, and seven years for my dyslexia code, the spiritual book. And uh, from that, I picked uh, six topics, which is the three books, and then I've got other six topics which I'm passionate about, and that just happened to me organically. Um, so I, I see your podcast is the Journey podcast. It's very much a uh, thing to your listeners. If you down and out, that could be, that is most probably uh, one of the clues through synchronicity that you, you're about to start something completely fresh and new. Yeah. And we must stress here, and I will say it now, any views that we do share are of your own. 
people have their own opinions on these topics and your opinion is what matters today. So that's me clarifying it for you today, if that's okay. Absolutely. You know, I'm not trying to preach or anything here. I'm giving you my views. I'm quite passionate that I believe uh, the, the most important thing from my seven years research in, you know, I was after seven years in my universe code book, I had a million words on uh, my research notes from going to events, books and whatever. And uh, then it took me six months of just sitting down like 67 hours a day, removing two thirds of it. And then I was left with a third of a million words. And then I chapped it into 21 chapters and I got rid of half of it. And then um, it's like 21 pieces of a puzzle. Yeah. And it all made sense. And interesting enough, I had a lot of research from people in it, but it's the research from the spirit world that mo made the most sense. And that's what I'll quote from. So a lot of the information I'm giving today is from the spirit world. And people mustn't forget the angel Gabriel via Prophet Muhammad uh, wrote down the Quran. And billions of people believe in that today. So just poo-pooing the spirit world. But the spirit world information, it's not only spirit world, makes a lot of sense. But the most important thing I discovered was that the truth will set us free. So I've got really tough topics to sell. And marketing people call it disruptive topics. I, I call it whistleblowing topics. So they're hard to sell, but I have to because I know that's the only way to world peace. Mm. The truth will set us free. And it's got to be our ditton because if you go around softly, people only just walk by and ignore you. So it's got to be really hard to make people realize. Yeah, I've, I've got to speak the truth. So I've got to get to the crux of the matter. There's no sort of pathway around it. You, you, yeah, just, have to speak, you just have to say, this is what I believe in. These are the facts I've come to, to realize. This is why I believe this is the way to world peace. And um, and then just that, that's it. That's all I can do. Okay. So going on to the first topic, and this is the order of what I've got on the website. Why dyslexia is a gift. So I'm dyslexic, but I was never diagnosed. I grew up in South Africa in the 60s, 70s. They certainly never diagnosed anyone. And uh, just having to say, 10% of the world population is roughly dyslexic in the autism spectrum, low down in the autism spectrum. And there are thousands of very famous dyslexic people. In my book, I quote names. So you've got Einstein, Nikola Tesla, Henry Ford, uh, uh, Thomas Bell, a lot of inventors dyslexic. Then you've got presidents, four presidents, including JFK, Muhammad Ali, you know, Richard Branston is the most famous current person in life. So, but none of them have been diagnosed. So what I quickly, so my daughter was diagnosed at age nine in 2009 and taken out of the class. And I said to my then wife, we've got to get my daughter back in the class. And uh, what I then quickly discovered in researching dyslexia is Sally Saywitz in the States, in Yale University, put people, uh, dyslexic people down a tunnel and non-dyslexic people down the fMRI tunnel and a dyslexic person mainly use the right side of the brain. A non-dyslexic, the left side. So the left side is the sequential side. The, the right side is the, is the more innovative side. And then they put uh, what 99% of dyslexic associations do. They use traditional products, which is more words. So a dyslexic person is already tired from day school. So they put more words and hammer that words basically into the brain. And the brain is so plastic that after a year, they put them down the tunnel again, and now they're using the left side of the brain. Where Caspay's Business School in the UK have shown dyslexic people are uh, four times more likely to be innovators than non-dyslexic people. So what's currently happening is that dyslexia associations are taking away the gift of dyslexia. It's, and there's a product of clay shapes that... I promote now that I use my daughter and within three months, she was back in the class. So it's all about saying to associations, the creator made us the way we are, leave us the way we are. That's why my subtitle to my book is, so it's Dyslexia Code, why right brain children should be left alone because they are removing the gift of dyslexia 
All we need is coping system for the educational system. So um, I've got podcasts on that. I've got a book, $3.50 uh, on Kindle and an audio, audio book, $5 something. So if anyone's interested in that topic, but we need to unleash 10% of the world's population. Oh, yeah, before I forget, um, because those people need to be unleashed because we're making them sequential, which is a gift in its own right to mm. be sequential. But 10% of the world population gift, Einstein's gifts are being taken away. And it, it, to me, it's a travesty. But I've got an event, 30th October. Um, it's, it's a, uh, it starts 10 o'clock. It's a Saturday, 10 o'clock UK time on the 30th of October. It's free. It's a, a Zoom event. So if you go to my website, click on international celebration of dyslexia event. And it's my, uh, myself, another lay, uh, Gibby chapter, um, then this method, uh, that is fantastic, the Davis's method and Sam Rapp, and then we've got questions and answers. So please join us for that. Okay. And I will put, like I said, I'll put your website in the description on the video and the podcast when I edit this later. Yeah. So the second one, why minerals naturally are everything in health? Okay. So... I just want to pick up, uh, pull up my sl- uh, my uh, show notes here. So I just want to read from one of my chapters. Um, so on mental health, um, because I saw it's one of the categories of the five that you sort of clicked on your thing. So I don't normally talk about specific mental health, but, but I've got a chapter about. Now I'm just going to read this, and I don't know how to pronounce it. Talk to molecular ecologic psychiatrist firmly believe that food chemicals and, and inhalants in the environment do indeed affect human behavior. In fact, they now understand that food chemicals and inhalants can change the chemistry of your brain so dramatically that normal behavior is radically altered, is radically altered to the end result of such a radical alteration of the brain's chemistry is called mental and emotional illness. So what they do, these guys, they take people off insecticide sprays, preservatives and food additives, table salt, my chapter six, uh, seven of the house brain code, uh, again, $3.50, uh, Kindle book this time, just Kindle, chapter seven, how bad table salt is, but sea salt and Himalayan salt is fantastic. And they take them off chlorine, chlorine in water, or if chlorine you swim in. And then after a year, they walk out of mental institutions. So when people are constantly talking about um, mental health and this and what can you do, if the first thing we need to do in society is if you've got mental issues, it's a most, it, I believe it's, a, it's an imbalance. And what you need to do is to go organic. And uh, you need to make sure. So I, I would go uh, as much. I'm 70% organic, and I shop in Little in the UK, one of the cheapest supermarkets. So I now buy organic apples, tomatoes, bananas uh, on the veg, um, broccoli, uh, spinach, carrots. There's a lot of organic stuff now. And then... Uh, I'm vegan, so it's vegan plus fish. So on the on the um, fish side, I have tinned wild salmon, tuna, sardines, mackerel, cheap. And um, so it's vegan plus fish and vegan and 70% organic. So the first thing I would do, I would go 70% organic, cut out all the stuff and don't have all these funny stuff that's got MSGs and preservatives in it. You know, all these sources they buy, make natural sources from home and see over a year. That's the other mistake people do. After they want to fix themselves in a, in a month, that, it doesn't work that way. You've got to give yourself at least a year. So why is the topic there? Why minerals natural are everything enough? So I studied the longevity nations, seven plus one, uh, the plus one is the Hunza cuts that live disease-free until 19, 
uh, mid-1960s. Fortunately, there was four books written about him, and one was a U.S. doctor that lived with him for seven years. And I used that throughout my book. And what didn't they eat? Meat, dairy, and eggs. So that's why the vegan get it right. Some of longevity nations, the other current ones, do have fish as well. So uh, that's my from chapter two. Chapter three, the China study, or chapter four. So the premier in China in the mid-70s got cancer. So with Oxford University and Cornwall University, uh, they serve like 96% of the then 80, 80 uh, million Chinese people. And what did they find? The cause of cancer? Meat, dairy, and eggs. The two biggest studies, the longevity nations in China, the two biggest study ever undertaken that I could find in my research, far bigger than any medicine study. It's meat, dairy, and eggs. So I went, uh, 2011 and so on, I went vegan. So then I, t I, I was in Dublin. I flew to London, paid 500 pounds, buy a lab, buy a urine, blood and saliva test, tested all my mineral vitamins, and they fell below recommended standards. So the way I got it up is through, um, through seafood mm. and sea salt. And so that's why I'm not promoting a Segan diet. I see a Segan diet as an interim step for the next 20 years. So where the, so because it's also good for people from media and eggs, you know, I'm South Africa, one of the biggest media and eggs consumers. We, we, we also eat biltong when we go to rugby. But it's a big step to go vegan. So Segan is an interim step. Um, my asthma disappeared within nine months. I used to walk with, around with a, a ventral pump. I don't get flus and colds. Um, it's a com you completely change, but you've got to go 70% organic as well. Um, and now what's the problem with veganism? That's the right way in the long run. The longevity nations are recorded to have between 20 and 100 times the minerals in their soil, in their food, sorry, in their food. And that's the problem. Our food is so mineral lacking because there's minerals is not in the soil, the soil is over uh, farmed, that we're not getting the minerals. So vegans go for supplementation, and supplementation is not nature's way. 50% of supplements are made by drug companies. It's not natural. And the other 50 come from food, but nature doesn't elementize. So I've got two studies that I've been trying about 10 years to get off the ground. No, the one 10 years, the other one about a year. The 10-year one is called the Let's Live Longer Now study. So if any of your listeners is from a research university or know someone in a research university, I've been trying for a long time now to... I had two professors interested, but then they just go away. Um, in showing the world how we can reverse three diseases, osteoporosis, cystic fibrosis, and uh, multiple sclerosis, and I'm now adding coronavirus as well. Um, and latest attempt to, to do this is I'm now with the Trinity Challenge. I entered, I've gone to second stage, closing dates of 15th of April, and we'll year beginning June. Uh, but the problem is I always go with the scientific, with the medical community, and I go with the diet study because I need a research university. So they sort of opposed to exactly what I'm saying, that I need a research university to pull off the study. Um, and then the other one that I've been busy with the year is uh, minerals in plant study. So I've been contacting agricultural universities. So if there's anyone in agricultural university that can help to put more minerals in the soil, so more the food can have more, can absorb more um, minerals, and that's the long-term future. Uh, of how we're going to fix it. So it turns out that minerals is every is far more important. So nutritionists talk of six things. They talk about minerals, vitamins, water, uh, carbs, fats, and proteins. Proteins is a myth. I tested my amino acids. I, uh, I had all of them. The 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 thing that you know the uh, carbs. I just go for uh, rice and stuff like that. The um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, uh, oh, the, the, the fats, I have the meagers through um, 
avocados. Oh yeah, I have avocados. I have grapefruit, kiwi fruits as well, part of my diet. And they're not organic because you can get them, but they're very expensive. Um, but the the critical one there in minerals, and it's interesting if you cremate it, all that's left they say is just minerals. And so, how does it work? So, in your body, your blood runs at seven point three six five pH. If it goes up and down by 0.5, you die. So your blood circulating system, your lungs and your kidney regulate that blood pH to as close as possible to 3.65 pH. So it's 3.65, uh, you know, five slightly above seven because the body is slightly alkaline. But meat, dairy, and eggs are all alkaline, so they're above 7.365 pH before they enter the body. But they're all acidic forming in the body. It's like acidic battery. It's called a Pral score. It's all in my book. All my one of my website. If you go on lightsurface.me and you click on Let's Live Longer, uh, you can get the, all that information there for free. So, however, fruit and veg are all alkaline and acidic. So, uh, um, lemon is say three to four pH. Broccoli is say eight pH. But they're all alkaline forming in the body. It's like a cool alkaline battery. So where the alkaline industry get it wrong, because they believe everything you should eat should just be alkaline, is that you need fruit. You, uh, you need the sugars of fruit, and the longevity nations have plenty of fruit coming in. But you need the acidity of fruit temporarily in your stomach to, to uh, absorb the minerals. But then there's many things more. You need to make sure you've got the right gut flora in your body. There's a test you can go to. I think it's chapter 17 in my book. Um, so, yes, so that's how it works. Now, on these three diseases, so osteoporosis, what happens is, so you've got four, four main alkaline minerals, which is potassium, sodium, magnesium, and calcium. So for osteoporosis and myeloma cancer, because of the acidic forming body, the blood to stay 7.365 pH has to pull alkaline minerals. So it pulls calcium from the bone because of a person's genes. So I believe everyone, all the cause of all diet, all disease is meat, dairy, X and pesticides. But because of the genes, different people get different diseases. So some of osteoporosis the body for some reason pulls the calcium from their bones. For multiple sclerosis, their nerve system crisscross chatter, what they call it. So around the nervous system, you've got the myelin sheath mm. and like a rubber insulation around a rubber, around an electric wire. And I immediately knew when I read that. If I'm going to find that if I research the myelin sheet, it's going to be alkaline minerals. It is 90% alkaline minerals. So all the body is doing, it's the, the acidic, it, need, it, it, it pulls that alkaline minerals from the myelin sheath to get the, let the blood stay at 7.3. And then what's the other one? Cystic fibrosis. So but my asthma disappeared in nine months. So cystic fibrosis is all about the lungs. That's the one that's going to be the quickest. To, to, to recuperate, to, to, to work. Um, so that's a little bit of a flavor. Um, it's, it's, uh, that's my second book, uh, The Housespring Code. Um, yeah. Okay. The next topic, Creator versus God. Okay. So the next four topics is from our book, The Universe Code. So the Creator versus God is the biggest topic. Now, all these things I've got podcast or podcasts coming very soon. Um, so, you know, uh, uh, I'll go on the principle of less is more here, and I'll just cut to the chase. So I studied at the College of Psychic Studies in London. I did many, many courses over sort of five, seven, six, seven years and used many mediums to help help me personally and stuff like that. And then I eventually did a course with a lady called Sarah Talavalsa, just a one-day event, to do automatic writing. But at this stage, my vibration was way up because that's the key to it. You've got to get your vibration up. And so now I do automatic writing. Now, most people ask to to do automatic writing via the 
uh, angels or ascended masters. I ask to speak to the creator. So I now communicate with the creator. Um, and the, uh, I don't know why I've mentioned this because I, I actually, uh, I thought I was going to use this to say what the creator is. Actually, Angel Margaret, which is, uh, uh, she communicates with a guy called Lee Gavin in the States, says that this um, explanation is very close, this analogy is very close to the truth of what the creator is. She says, we as people are, uh, are the computers. The angels are the mainframe. Uh, no, the angels are the servers. Yeah. And, the, and the creator is the mainframe computer. So us plus the angels together is the creator. So the creator is the fluffy matter after the Big Bang, and which was in spirit form, which then became uh, mineral, which you had Earth and other planets, and then you've got the plant kingdom, and then you've got the animal kingdom, etc. Um, God, what is God? And I always feel sort of guilty in talking about this, UFOs, and this should be no thing like this, because UFOs, I believe governments have made it, uh, they falsified so many things that you feel nearly wrong to talk about it. Ronald Reagan, for two minutes when he was in an airplane, followed UFOs. It's a known fact. Um, and then the UFO just went ping. Um, Billy Carter, uh, uh, Jimmy Carter, the peanut, peanut guy, uh, many famous people. The Pentagon have twice now announced over the last 15 years and recently that their Navy fighter pilots have seen UFOs. It's in the scriptures 30 times in the Old and New Testament. It's all societies have talked about it, spinning wheels. Uh, Chinese talk about uh, people in the, in the dragon on fire and stuff like that. So the gods are people from the Pandayans. I, I never know how to pronounce it. These are physically, they physically slightly bigger than us they are Sikh parents um we the reason why they now never find the missing link is because we never came from earth us and dolphins and um whales and whenever they came to earth the pretends because they are a million years ahead of us scientifically spiritually and so forth they, people thought they're gods. So it turns out about 16,000 years before Christ, Yahweh, the God Yahweh of the Old Testament was in charge. That's the God. It's a physical being, also born like a baby. They live much longer, much more advanced than us. They are sea parents. 9,000 years before Christ, it was Jehovah was in charge and currently Ali is in charge. So we are actually being protected by the Pradians. Governments don't like that because then they're not in charge. And this truth now needs to come up. But that is the God of the Old Testament, and which is great. So because the Pradians are our seed parents. So, but that is a big distinction because theologians, so Christian theologians, they ask them, there is, in my book, I've got, like they asked 90 or something. They said, is the God of the Old Testament the same as Allah, same as the creator in the New Testament, in the Quran? And they say, no. Something like 90% again say no. And they write, the God of the Old Testament is the Pledeans. And this is a hard topic to sell, but that's the truth. <laughs> that's what makes <laughs> sense. And the sooner we can get to the, the truth, the truth will set us free. Yeah, and that is a key thing what people don't grasp sometimes is the understanding of the truth because there is the truth what they want to hear, but it's not the truth what is meant to be heard. Yeah, what I just also want to forget to say is um, uh, just want to say the Pladeans stopped to come to earth about 8,000 years before Christ. And the reason they did it is because people need to earn their own way. That's one of the secrets of the universe. And uh, we need to, through our own technology, learn how to build UFOs and stuff. So 
um, but they still have sightings, but they, they don't physically uh, accept with a guy called Billy Meyer. So Billy Meyer, that's now early 80s in Switzerland, has got a whole center around him, the figu.org, F-I-G-U.org. And he was a true contactee. Um, and the creator tells me, maybe that's why I thought, that he was the only contactee in our lifetime. So there's so many rubbish stories out there about green men and this, but Billy Meyer's got the footage. He's got all the videos. He's a true contactee. Um, and I'll discuss him in the next uh, topic again. So there's a lot, so much misinformation to make people just think that this is crazy stuff, but it's not. Is, you know, they, they still show the, you know, when they go to Glastonbury and you've got, or in that surrounding area, I've been in a crop circle. That's made overnight it, from nowhere. And that is just energy symbols and, and symbols of hope for us, just to say to us, stay around. So it's a big thing to grasp. You know, I'm just saying to people, any listeners, I come from the Dutch Reformed Church in South Africa, victorious Africa. And if I can now speak about these things like this, you know, just think what makes sense. And please listen to the podcast or please research. Um, uh, the next topic I'll discuss more about Billy Meyer. Yeah, so we're going on to number four. Um, yeah, number four, Jesus in India. Okay, so yeah, so for Christians, this is a, a toughie, you know, and I'm a Christian. Um, and people, some people say, I'm not a Christian. I'm saying, no, I'm a Christian, just like you, but I want to get the truth out there. Um, so in my research, I quickly discovered that, so in the Bible, it says Jesus between the ages of 13 and 29. Um, it's got like one long verse, and it says he, he gained wisdom. So then I go to India and do research and whatever. And so in the ages 13 to 29, Jesus went to India, and he first studied in Jagannath, which is the current Puri in India, current India, with Hindus. And I'm trying to get the information from the something 145 fifth Swami or something, but I'm not getting any joy there. But then from there, he went north and he went to Tibet, uh, just north of current India, north of the current um, Kashmir. And there he studied uh, Buddhism for about six years and when he was there uh, so then he studied and then the monks wrote down what they call the life of Saint Isa and when other monks from around the globe or around that area Indian stuff went to that it's called Lhasa L-S-A-H-A that mon main monastery in Tibet they then rewrote those the life of St. Isa on uh, so on things. I think it's Pali of language. And they, one of those monks took that to Leh. So Leh is in a, a, a province or whatever of India, just to the east of uh, Kashmir, uh, Ladakh. And then uh, our from Ladakh is Himas Monastery. I've been there. And which four, five people now have seen separately the life of St. Isa scrolls. Um, and there's a, a Russian guy, Novovich, that wrote a book about it. He was the first one that found the scrolls. So I'm calling on the Dalai Lama to get those scrolls carbon dated and released. Now, why is that important? So in Kashmir, Hinduism has got a huge so I only study the five main religions because they make up 75% of humanity I couldn't study everyone so Hinduism and Kashmir the north tip of India is hugely Hindu because Shiva turned up to be not a god it actually was a prophet a Hindu prophet that was heavily in Kashmir and Kashmir is part of India that's Indian controlled. And so currently a lot of Hindu names and stuff. Um, I went to a local shrine 
in Srinagar, not in Srinagar, outside, two-hour drive from Srinagar, for Moses. So Moses, 1,200 years before Christ, was in Srinagar, believe it or not. Um, uh, you know, I can't talk too long about it. There's actually a, a potential reason for that. But it's all in my talks. And um, then, uh, so that's, so there's a Jewish connection there. And then um, Jesus. So the Talmud of Germaniel that was found, so Jesus survived the crucifixion. He went and he died in Shinugar, Kashmir. He had three sons. His eldest son, after his death, went back to Jerusalem and he lived there for the rest of his life. And he put the scroll in the same grave that Jesus was in, in resin. Then in 1963, with information from the Badians, Billy Meyer went to go get that scroll because Badians know what's going on. As soon as he got the scroll, an Iranian guy was translating it into German. The Israelis bombed and killed him. But 30% of it's now online, and I know Billy Meyer's got the scroll. So I'm calling on Billy Meyer to now get the carbon dated and released. Because what they say is, in the Talmud of Germaniel, is that Jesus didn't, uh, like the Quran says, Jesus didn't die on the cross. Um, he, he went to heaven, but he didn't die on the cross. And that went to heaven was a near-death experience. That's when I myself asking the creator. So when the uh, whoever that crucified, what did they call him, uh, Jesus, when they took the big boulder in front of the grave and saw he's gone, they put it back. And they went back to him and they said, just tell everyone that he's gone to heaven. And that's where the whole thing of that Christians now believe in. But if you think about it, so uh, uh, that the grave had a secret entrance. So um, the people, uh, there was wise men, they uh, helped him, healed him as far as they can in three days, removed him. And his brother Thomas saw him afterwards. He didn't see a ghost or anything or spirit form. He saw Jesus. Even Saul saw him on the, on the way to Damascus. So Jesus stayed in hiding in Damascus. He already knew that they said he went to heaven, but he didn't go to heaven. But so that's where it came back. And then they escaped. Jesus, Mary, his brother Thomas, and Judas Iscariot. Judas wasn't actually Iscariot that they say it was. They then went east, Afghanistan, Pakistan. And then Mary died in Muri, M-U-R-R-E-E. -E. There's a town built around Muri in Pakistan, 80 miles from Srinagar. And then Jesus died in Srinagar at age 115. So it doesn't make sense that Jesus just went to, into spirit form, or does it make more sense that he actually lived? But we need to get um, that information, uh, you know, that, that, that the Talmud of Germaniel now need to be carbon dated and released. So, yeah, that's Jesus in India. Okay, reincarnation. Okay, so reincarnation um, is all, so Hinduism is, so just before I forget, I just want to complete about Jesus in India. So I talked about Hinduism. So the Hinduism was in Kashmir for many years. Uh, Buddhists, so 600 years before Christ, where Buddha was from, Kashmir was apparently Buddhist. Then you had uh, uh, a period, and obviously I talked about Moses being there, Jesus being there, Solomon was there. And then um, Prophet Muhammad was about 600 years after Christ. And um, the currently 96% of Kashmir is Muslim. Although it's India controlled, it's Muslim. And that's why you've, Kashmir is a heavily disputed uh, area. But if Christians can, if those documents are released and can understand that Jesus was taught by Hindu and Buddhist scholars, you're going to pull those three religions together. It's the start of world peace. Th then, because the religions need to relax. 
and then we can get world peace. The religions need to understand that could be mistakes in their scriptures. It's not changing any religion. It's just the understanding that there could be still things wrong. Muslims believe in Jesus and the Old Testament prophets. So now you've got four of the main religions together. Jesus was a Jew himself, so now you've got five. So Kashmir, to me, is the place for future world peace. It's, currently, it's called the heaven on earth, and it's beautiful. But it's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's the place for, for that. Okay, reincarnation. Yeah. So uh, Hinduism is, is all about reincarnation. They see the creator in the Ganga, Ganga in a cow, etc., etc., uh, Buddhism is all about reincarnation. Whenever I went to Tibetan monastery, you've got these wheels that you spin. It's all about the cycle. Um, in Judaism, the only proof I can get that reincarnation was taken out is the Zohar. So the Zohar was com communicated 200 years or so after Christ to Rav Parai Shai. I don't know if the correct word name. And in um, any case, the Quran is the secret of the Old Testament. The, the Zohar, and the Zohar is all about reincarnation. And just so interesting, Kabbalah.com um, is unbelievable. It's the secrets of the Old Testament. Christianity, we've got the Talmud of Germanel that needs to be authenticated, and it's all about reincarnation. And Jesus could see ahead, he could see in the future, he knew his name was going to be changed by soul to to jesus his real name is actually germaniel um and uh, it's all about uh, reincarnation and then the quran is the most authentic document that i could find in my research seven year research the problem in islam is this the quran in arabic form is pure but now you've got 163 different muslim sects They've done much better than the Christians because Christianity, you've got between Wikipedia says a thousand, some others says 30,000. But every Muslim sect have a different spin on the Quran. And, you know, Shun is here, it's only two. And we now need to go back. There's one website in my book that uh, have seven translations of the Quran. And then you can start seeing what is the truth. But in Arabic format, it's the truth. And then to make matters worse, after Prophet Muhammad died, they wrote the Adishas. Some people that knew him, some people 100, 200 years later, they didn't even know him. And we need to scrap the Adishas because 80% might be correct, but it's the 20% that's not. We need to go back to the Quran. Now, the Quran is a highly scientific document uh, as well. And they've only been discovering in the last 100 years how much has got its science. It's unbelievable. You know, that 600 years after Christ, Prophet Muhammad, by Angel Gabriel, he couldn't even read rife. He just started writing these things down. Um, and that's why it's so pure, because it's nothing's been changed. Mm. No scholar could change anything. And um, the highly scientific document. The problem is Muslims have never looked for reincarnation. Reincarnation is in the Quran. You just need to go on a, a web browser to, to see it's there. So the whole cycle of reincarnation is be, you plan your mission to earth in the spirit world. When a baby is born and open the mouth, the first breath, the soul comes into your body and enters the hip area. It's the most dense area. And then your human energy fields um, go from there. And um, then when you pass over, you go through your pineal gland, which is in the middle of your uh, brain. This is all information from the spirit world. And you then go to the Akash. There's three places in Akash, but basically the way to put it, it's in Earth. You sit in silicon or whatever that stores uh, information in Earth somehow. And that is actually your ghost. And the rest of you go off to the spirit world and then you plan your next reincarnation. And it turns out to be, uh, no, before getting, yeah, it turns out to be that earth is hell. So we come for life lessons. Now, heaven can also be hell because if you haven't done your life lessons, then you've got to sit, you've got to come back again. So when you're in spirit world, it's hell again. 
So, and that's so critical for people to understand reincarnation. And, okay. and that links so much into, um, into the truth. Because the first thing I'll say to someone that's murdered someone or abused someone, just ask for forgiveness and just take the consequences. Because otherwise, you're, just, you're wasting a lifetime. You're going to have to come back for a lifetime again. And it's a critical thing to understand that uh, reincarnation if, if we want world peace. Mm, I totally believe that. So, six, human energy fields chakras okay now for the for this topic and the next topics i won't give as detailed as before but human energy field we've got about seven human energy field around us the third field is our mind um the brain is only a relay station so and science have discovered a lot of this but i cannot believe that half the scientists are currently researching this so if you're in the uh, electromagnetic spectrum uh, and you look at it, we can only see less than 1%. It's like, it's like 0.0035% of the electromagnetic spectrum. And thank God, because if you could see the rest, it would be crazy. So that's why they always called about 95 or 99% dark matter. It's not dark, but it's just that we cannot see it. So we know a radio wave carries uh, uh, memory, but we can't see it, but it's there. So gifted people can see human energy fields from all societies, from many centuries. And Valerie Evans have now shown each one got a frequency. And yeah, the mind is the third layer. It's Mm -hmm. simply around that. And then uh, then it, it communicates with the DNA and, and your brain, and your brain is a real, relay station for making you uh, move and do things. Now, I've, I've come up with a big theory on that, but I invite people to lead, uh, listen to the podcast on that one. Okay, that'd be good. So, seven, why the moon landings never took place? So the reason why this is important is because of reincarnation. Countries have got karma as well, not only people. And in my view, and the greatest view, the uh, America pulled off the biggest hoax ever. And they need to rectify that. That's actually, it's Americans and NASA need to rectify that, not me. We cannot have world peace without that. America cannot be the lead of the free world and tell China what to do unless they've cleared up this biggest hoax ever taken place. So I go through five photos. And my universe book, I researched seven years. I researched this for a day. So I'm still learning. So I'm going to post a second one in the next week or so on. And then I'm going to have a third one and I'll stop. And I'm learning every time a bit. But I just look at five photos. And one photo is shadows. So on the moon, the sun is millions of miles away. So two, if two people next to each other uh, are standing on the same height ground next to each other, their shadows has to be parallel and the same length. And just put in moon landing shadows, and you'll see there are photos. There, there are photos that they take with a wide lens, which they are not parallel. That's fine. But there's rec- uh, ones at the right angle, that's not. It's impossible. So photo expert says, it's impossible that that could have been taken on the photo. So what they say, it was taken in a, in a, in a studio. And then I go through others as well. But it's also your gut feeling. I know something is wrong. And I go through all of this sometimes with uh, experts that's for it and against it. My third one will be people that's uh, against it. Um, so the whole, so a guy called Brown was in charge of the V2 rockets in second world war for the nazis he was a nazi in ss he was in charge of twenty thousand jews being killed in the rocket factory they hanged six jews in front of the factory every day then the u.s and the 
and Russia split the platelet flip thing. They split the scientists, and von Braun then came to went to NASA. So it started off completely wrong. It started off with a Nazi killing twenty thousand people, responsible for killing twenty thousand people, mm-hmm. starting the rocket. So it started from a karma point completely wrong. But then, once Kennedy in '63 said, "We're going to the moon," they had to go to the moon. But he was assassinated uh, in '63, and it's interesting. The first Apollo landing was in '69, and then the last one '72. So for uh, you know seven to 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 nine years, there was a big gravy trade, and I'm going to talk really shortly on sophisticated fraud in construction industry, Item 11. I've seen fraud. Imagine the billions and billions that was pumped in. And they couldn't go. It was to do with Alan Belt. Please have a look at it. But um, the, the truth needs to come out because we need it for world peace. And, and it's the worst karma that uh, the, the, the U.S. have got. Yeah. Okay. Why we must stop buying Chinese products? I don't go into my talk, which still must be posted. It's recorded. There's only coming in a few months' time. Um, about all the Chinese things that you normally hear about uh, G5 and you know all, uh, Taiwan and all these things, Hong Kong. So I just go specifically into all Communist Party members must be atheists. And 25% of the Chinese are are. Uh, non-atheists, so something like eighteen percent Buddhists, four five percent Christians, and one point six percent Muslim, and they've been heavily persecuted. So it's not the Uyghurs, whatever the name is, now currently in those camps. The, the Christians, they got churches, uh, crosses are being cooled down. They put Communist Party members into the church. Uh, the Muslims, if they are under 18, they can't go to a mosque. If they're over 18, the Communist Party is next to them. Imagine that. And then we all know what's what's going on. So I'm calling for people to boycott, to buy Chinese products. I'm not buying any Chinese products anymore. And I know on apartheid, I grew up in South Africa, uh, um, that sanctions work. And I'm calling on the US, or the UK government, to cut to the chase now and stop all import from China. It will make prices go up a little bit, but it will be, then be manufactured in India and places like that. There will be a, a short term. We just got to tackle it in on, you know, today the US is sitting down with China uh, for the first time now under Biden, you know, this three, three, two day thing, um, three sessions. It's a complete waste of time. The, the only way to get China on board is economically. You've got to cut to the chase. And, and I, th- I believe the UK should, um, should, uh, you know, it's tough love. It's, it's, it's not, it's, it's, you know, you can't, it's fine to be atheist, but you cannot persecute, uh, people in a country and then do business with them. You cannot. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Climate change, practical steps. Because of we've been going uh, uh, nearly an hour, um, the last um, three topics I'll literally just say were a few sentences. Okay. My first uh, podcast I post is 10 minutes long. I make a case for why atmospheric methane should be put on the agenda because atmospheric methane is 80 times more dangerous than CO2 in the first 20 years. But it's it's a shorter, smaller portion. So 25% of the greenhouse gases is atmospheric methane. And for every human being of the 8 billion people, there's 30 farm animals. And it's the 30 farm animals that we need to get rid of. And I know a lot of people, my best friend in South Africa, one of my two best friends is a butcher, so I understand a lot of people are not going to like that. Then my second talk is about that I posted is about practical steps in climate change. I've really followed a lot of things, and um, 
I did a three-part course, online course last year with Southbank University. I'm an alumni there and in London. And it's, I talked about 40 minutes in real practical steps that every, people can do it every day. And please, if you're into climate change, go and listen to it because you, they're definitely going to be out of the seven or so steps, there's going to be two or three that you've never heard of or mm. thought of. Um, yeah. Okay. This is um, an interesting one because I find it really passionate. How to pro project your, I think that means how to protect, how to protect your child from paedophilia. Um, yeah. So what, uh, in that, uh, I, so when I was in the UK uh, with three kids, uh, my my daughter was about six, seven, six. I was playing with her and my second daughter. And she said to me, Daddy, is it true that I've got two daddies? And within two weeks, I I was out of my quantum practice. And I started working from home and just investing in property because I already started investing in property. I first thought that my ex might have been having an affair with this other guy because she told me who this other guy is. So, and after a year of picking up grooming things, I went to an expert and he said to me, cut all pies with, with the family. So it's my story from 2003, 2004. My kids, my youngest son is not just out of school. So uh, first time I can really talk about it and trying to help parents that, you know, now got kids in school and, and then I talk about going to Dublin, being forced out of the school in the UK, going to Dublin, and then something that happened in the Scouts. Um, and so that one I didn't study. It happened organically. Hmm. Um, number 11, sophisticated fraud in the UK construction industry. So I was a quantitative for 30 years, mainly in the UK. Uh, well, <clears throat> actually, the seven years I was in, in Dublin, I wasn't a quantum surveying, but all the rest of the time. And I ended my career uh, on two projects, about a quarter of a billion each. So ended up on massive big jobs. And on both of them, there was a procurement method called one-stage tendering, design and build tendering. And... This particular procurement route is used on massive jobs, about 20%, most probably in the UK. And I found that those, it, uh, I can't go into the details because you need time to discuss it, how it happens, but it's all there, um, the podcast. But it's like a checkbook to a contractor. And on one project, I found it's 20% over. Now imagine 20% on a quarter of a billion, what it should be. And the other one, 30%. And we know the prices. In Quantum you've got pricing books like Spons, Wessex, Laxton's. So you know the prices within 2 to 3%. So, um, and I talk about it and um, how it should be fixed and, and my fear of Quantum Surveying being a dying profession and how to fix that uh, as well. Okay. And the final one was listed there. And it's the last ultimate one how to go for it. Big. Yeah, so that one I'm doing the two podcasts at the end of this month. So they'll be up uh, beginning April 2021. Um, and the, it, it's, the, it's not titled How to Make It Big. It's titled How to Go for a Big. You might make it big, but at least go for a big. So these two projects I just mentioned, they were much easier projects than smaller jobs. Because on large projects, the consultants are paid more, so they can hire better staff, and you've got less staff. So as a quantum surveyor, you might have five jobs with five consultants each, or 25 consultants. If you work on a big project, you might have 10 consultants, but that's it. So I found that the, the bigger jobs were the easier jobs. So it's, it, it's, it doesn't sort of uh, hang true, but it, it is. And the most important thing is to think big and start with small steps. It is 
absolutely critical. And I cannot even start with this discussion because it's a 30 minutes discussion. You have to go through all of it. So I'm just inviting listeners to, to go to lightsurface.me and under 12, how to go for a big, um, and um, it's, it's certainly what I found out from my research and what I would do if I had to do it again. Okay. To sum up, is there anything else you want to add? That- uh, all I'd like to say is the most important thing I've discovered in all my research is always speak the truth. Whatever you do, whatever the consequences, even if you're going to lose your ex, um, because I came out to my ex to say, I said, uh, uh, in, on top of us losing everything and myself becoming spiritual, uh, I said to her, like I, I started opening up that once a year I had a affair, not a fair, sexual encounters, if you put it that way, and uh, which is completely wrong. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm just saying, everyone, the truth will set us free. Always speak the truth. Even if you're in a, you need a job, and and they ask you a question. Just speak the truth. Carl, it's been a pleasure in about your steps. But thank you for being part of the journey. Thank you to you, Dave. Here's the TikTok influencer you'd love to be. No, not that one. This one. It's Cosmic Stars seventy-eight, better known as Melissa. Follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash sharewiseword or two.